Hey guys, welcome to today's Andor Breakdown and Review, episodes one to three. Now I know this is an unconventional way to do breakdowns. Normally I don't show my face and I go right to the episode, but I feel like there wasn't really all that much Star Wars related stuff in the first three episodes to really break down and to kind of like maybe aid people in understanding perhaps. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that went down and I'm going to talk about it and give my thoughts on it and everything. But as for Star Wars, I think episode four and beyond will have more of that, including like with the Senate and perhaps more parts of the Empire that will be shown and dived into much deeper. I feel like those will have proper breakdowns. But for this one, I'm going to give my take and uh, basically what happened in the first three episodes. So overall, I I really like the overall tone and the theme and how gritty it is, how it's not so Disney-fied, you know... uh, It started very Blade Runner-esque. It felt very out of the world of Star Wars. It felt like Star Trek meets Blade Runner with Star Wars themes or Star Wars words and phrases. So we start on this world, Morlana, and Andor goes to a brothel. He's looking for his sister. That's all we know. And he's getting heckled. He's getting bothered by these two, don't want to say cops, but like guards, sentry guys, and they work for Primo. This is... Reox Morlana. This is not the Empire, but they have their own security force, their own little army, and uh, you know their own uh, establishment, their own bureau. Essentially, they're like the the police, I guess, of smaller issues, perhaps. And I guess they're in cahoots with the Empire, but they're not. Uh, they're like a third party sort of thing. Anyways, there are a couple drunk Primo guys, and they were giving him a hard time. They were giving Andor uh, Cassian a hard time. They follow him out onto the street in a dark alley, and things get out of hand. He ends up killing both of them. Um, One of them by accident, and the other one, cold blood, just shoots the guy. I felt that was a cool start to the show. It was very reminiscent of Rogue One, where Cassian did the exact same thing, pretty much, where that guy with the one arm came to him, and they were in the alley once again, and what was Cassian in an alley? He just kills dudes. Don't meet Cassian in an alley. And he's telling him about... The Death Star, and he calls it a planet. He said that the guy says they're calling it a planet killer, and Cassian's like, "What? What else do you know?" And so, of course, that was the Death Star. That was the first, you know, the rumors, the whispers of the Death Star. And so, of course, the stormtrooper comes in. The we all know the rest. Of what happened with Rogue One, and uh, Cassian ends up killing that guy too. So Cassian then goes to uh, his world, not his home world, but his world that he's been uh, chilling on for a while, called Ferrix, and. Now he starts to realize the gravity of the entire situation that he's killed these two sort of primo guys and that they're going to be looking for him. So he has this ex-girlfriend named Bix and she is helping him smuggle stuff off World 2. And he has this device. It is an NS9 Starpath unit and it's super valuable and how he got this we learned in episode 3 as he's explaining it to Luthen who's played by Stellan Skarsgård. And I really like their chemistry together. I'm excited to see, you know, where their story is going to go from here. Now, he got this just by simply impersonating a Imperial officer and walking in and grabbing this thing and just getting out of there. And he essentially says that the Empire is so fat and satisfied with themselves that they would never in a million years think that someone would be ballsy enough to walk in there and just steal something, just pretend to be a part of the Empire and just take something out of there. So this tells me that the Empire is at this point where they're quite inflated, they're quite powerful, and they're quite proud of themselves, which means their defenses are down for these little things to happen, these little mishaps. 
these little robberies, so to speak. So could this escalate? Could Vader get involved? Absolutely. But I think even bigger than that, as this is a bit too small for Vader, I think Krennic is around. I think Tarkin is around. And I think Galen Erso is around. You know, they're still constructing the Death Star at this point. And Galen Erso is very much working for the Empire right now. So I would love to see him again. I would love to see Mads Mikkelsen again. I'd love to see Krennic again, Tarkin, of course, and all the other officers of the Empire. Now, we get these flashbacks of him as a very young boy on Canari. I think it's Canari. He is Canari, so I'm assuming the planet is perhaps something Canari. And it's like this tribe of kids, and someone in the chat said it was like Lord of the Flies kind of thing, especially with the plane that crashed, the ship. And they're all living their life in the jungle. They're chilling out, and they seem very primitive. And for whatever reason, they're all kids, and they see a ship crash landing uh, far away. So they follow the ship, and as they do, one of them gets shot by one of the delirious, hurt troopers of the ship. They take him down by shooting uh, spears at him, you know, like blow spears. And so they take him out, and Andor Cassian, little Cassian, ends up actually going inside of the ship and smashing everything to bits while, you know, all of his friends take the wounded girl or most likely dead girl, um, back to the village. So we get a lot of flashbacks of previous times when he was younger, and we get the present day. And so we know that Cassian, his ex-girlfriend, who they seem to be flirting a little bit or having feelings with each other, Bix, are sort of working together, and her new boyfriend, who's also Cassian's buddy or someone he trusting uh, with everything that's going down to not rat on him, named Tim, ends up getting a little bit jealous and, well, actually quite jealous, and ends up actually ratting Andor out. And at this point, Primo is looking for Cassian this entire time. So Bix, Cassian's ex-girlfriend, facilitates this meetup with this dude named Luthen, who is also sort of like a, a spy, to purchase this object that Cassian has that he stole from the Empire, the NS9 Starpath unit. And so they meet up in this construction area, this sort of warehouse with all these cranes everywhere, and they're going over the negotiations of this unit. And Luthen starts to tell Cassian about a lot of things with his life that Cassian hasn't told him. He doesn't know this guy. He's like, why do you know about this? And even Luthen knows and tells Cassian that his father was hanged. And at this point, you know, tensions get really high. Cassian draws a blaster on him. And might I mention, the blaster is the same blaster that Cal Katarn uses which was the K-16 Briar pistol. And this was just like a sort of somewhat common pistol that rebels used against the Empire, against the Galactic Empire. So tensions get hot. They, you know, Cassian draws the blaster on Luthen. And then, of course, the Primo guys come in and they get intel that Cassian is there because they went to Cassian's mom's home and heard his voice from his droid who was speaking out to his mom while they were there trying to get information and kind of just like ransacking the place. They tracked his information down. They went to the warehouse. They start shooting at him. It's a whole out brawl. And Luthen has a bunch of traps placed and Cassian goes along with it. And then they just like have all these cranes swinging everywhere. They leave the box. Cassian gets shot, but he's okay, and they end up escaping out of there. They get in speeders, and they just blast off to Luthen's ship. So now that we get to the ship, to Luthen's ship, uh, Cassian is basically just about to leave the planet, and we get another flashback to his home world. Now, on the planet Canari, in this new flashback, 
we get Cassian entering the ship and he's just destroying parts of it in a fit of rage, you know, just hating whatever this technological thing is that has crash landed with these guys that have killed, you know, one of his one of the members of his tribe and maybe someone that he actually romantically liked. And so as he's destroying things, Marva, who we thought was his mom, Aunt Petunia, walks in with Clem and they decide to sedate him and take him against his will from the planet because they realize that troops were coming to the planet, to the mining facility, and they were going to just open fire on the tribe for probably what they think is killing some of the pilots or the workers from that ship, you know, because they're going to see all these like blow darts in them. And so as Marva is taking off in the ship, we get a beautiful horizon shot from the window and Cassian is looking out and he like wakes up as a kid and he's looking out. And then, it, you know, we flash to also where Cassian is now looking out of Luthen's ship with the same sort of horizon. And it's a beautiful parallel. I really like how they connected that part of the story with the past and the present and that he's being basically having to escape these worlds from being killed from different people. Now, the interesting part is that when Cassian was younger, I believe he was born in 28 BBY, which would be 28 years before the Battle of Yavin. So the Phantom Menace was 32 BBY, so 32 years before A New Hope. Attack of the Clones was 22 BBY, which is 10 years after, which is 22 years before Episode 4, A New Hope. And then Revenge of the Sith was 19 BBY, which is three years later, and that was 19 years before A New Hope. He was about 12 years or so younger than Anakin, so around the time of Episode 1, Andor was not born. It was a few years later that he was born. So Anakin is like about 13 or so years older than Cassian. So Cassian was born before the Clone Wars, but that means when he was being raised, when he was growing up, he was like right smack in the middle of it. And so this time that we see on the planet, on the mining planet, was most likely during the time that the, I mean, depending on how old he is there, most likely during the time where the Clone Wars was still happening. Now, in the flashback, he looks to be about 10 years old. I know you in Rogue One, he said he's been fighting since he was six or something like that. He doesn't look like he's six. He looks like he's like 10, maybe. So this is definitely going to be a year after Revenge of the Sith. And the Empire is now a thing. So the Galactic Empire now exists during this time, during this mining world that we see him on. And what this point is, what the point of the mining world is, I don't know. Maybe that's what caused the death of all the elders in the in the tribe. Or maybe they just send out the children. I don't know, but we didn't really see any. We only saw the children going to war there. So excited to know more about this flashback stuff. I know a lot of you aren't into the non-linear storytelling. I like these flashbacks. I think it's interesting. It passes the time and it draws parallels from the past and present. It kind of tells you the whole story all in one. But um, I can see how some of you might be annoyed because it just constantly goes back and forth. Now, the guy who's leading the chase against Cassian is this dude named Cyril Karn. And he seems extremely conflicted, like he seemed like all about it in the beginning, but now it just seems like he doesn't really know for sure if he's fighting for the right side. At least that's what it seems like. He seems to be completely conflicted with his emotions and with his vigor and with his overall decision in chasing after Cassian. Maybe he thinks he's fighting for the wrong side. I don't really know yet. At least that's what the acting is, is portraying to me. Now, I think that he may eventually become a good guy and join Cassian, or he's going to be the leader of the opposition and eventually lead us to the Empire. Maybe, I don't know, he betrays the Empire somehow, or they just become tired of him and they discard of him. Either way, something's going to happen to this dude. He's either going to join the good guys, 
or he's going to get completely yeeted. Now, from the overall tactics of this Primo squad, of this Primo cops or whatever they are, Primo, Div Primo Division, it seems like they are really not very skilled. They're not skilled with handling hostages. They're not skilled with handling civilians. They're not skilled with flying. And uh, they seem to be really just not, not intelligent and not trained very well. They're very impulsive. They're very nervous in very serious situations and stressful situations. They don't know how to handle things properly. And I mean, I thought stormtroopers were bad, but these guys are like, they're just run of the mill, kind of just not very great. So learning about them and their affiliation with the Empire will be interesting as well. You know, who's funding these guys? Most likely the Empire. Definitely, I think the character arc of the Cyril guy, the guy who's leading the opposition of the Primo Corps, whatever they are, uh, I think he's an interesting character. I think he's definitely got a lot of room to grow or change or become more of a villain. I think perhaps his issue is that he was told not to advance this, uh, not to escalate this. You know, his superior said this is basically just two dudes and we're not going to cause an all-out war over these, you know, two jerks that caused some problems, looked for trouble, and eventually got capped. So I think that he's probably like in some big doo-doo now and he's worried. So either that or he's just having complete remorse and regret over the path he's chosen in his life. And uh, maybe he's going to become a good guy. We'll see what happens with him. Yeah, so overall, the episodes were fun and interesting, but they were just boring and slow-paced, and I don't feel they needed to take this much time to cover such a simple concept of guy looking for his sister, guy kills two cops, guy is getting chased by the law, and then guy has to escape the planet. I think it could have been done in like one and a half episodes, really or two at the most, if you want to incorporate some of the flashbacks of the Canari, that's fine. But I think it was a little bit long-winded. I'm excited to see where episode four will go, and I'm excited to experience it all with you guys. If I left anything out, I'm going to go over it. This is a very unorthodox breakdown. It's not my normal style of breakdown, but again, there wasn't all that much Star Wars stuff to really talk about, and everything that we do know was explained in the show. So, you know, I'm not going to be here and like try to milk it all for you guys and, you know, take 50 years to get to the point. So hope you enjoyed this review and this breakdown. I'm hoping that episode four will have a lot more Star Wars stuff for us to really dive into. I think the overall politics stuff, when we get to the Senate, when we get to Coruscant, when we get to Mon Mothma, I think that's when it's really going to pick up and that's when it's going to get really interesting because then they're incorporating parts of the Empire very heavily and how the Empire wants to control everything that's going on in the galaxy. So we'll see what happens going forwards. But this is my take on it. This is my review. Overall, I give it a 6.5 out of 10. Um, there were aspects that were a 10 out of 10. I really enjoyed the overall cinematography of it, the feel of it, the gritty feel, the dark feel, the, the Blade Runner feel of it. I loved that. Um, however, I just, it was slow. You know, you, you got to pick up the pace a little bit and not drag it out so much for such a for such a basic sort of thing. And then they went too fast in some other areas and glossed over things. But We'll see where it goes from here. So let me know what you thought of the episode down below in the comments. Leave a like if you enjoyed this review and uh, if you enjoy the channel. And I'll see you all in the next one. Until then, remember, my fellow Jedi and Sith friends, the Force will be with you always.